0: Hello, I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Stephen Moore identifies key performance indicators that drive a high six-week calving rate on farms and the practices farmers can implement now to make sure that cows are fit for breeding.
1: So, we know that um, we're targeting to have a six week calving rate of 90, 90% in the spring. And we're like the objective of this is so that we can have a compact calving period and long lactations to achieve, to maximize milk production from, from grazed grass. Um, in terms of during the breeding season, obviously we need very high fertility targets to achieve this compact calving. And um, the two main KPIs would be uh, the three-week submission rate, which we're targeting for 90%, and then at the other factor contributing to that then is uh, the conception rate to first service, and typically we're looking at, for, for lactating cows, about 50 to 60% conception rate to first service.
0: And then depending on mating start date, like, you know, right now we're anywhere from three to five weeks out from, you know, the breeding season on farms. Um, I suppose from your perspective, Stephen, um, can you give us an idea of some important practices that farmers can implement right now and over the coming weeks to make sure that, you know, cows are ready uh, for breeding and you know to hit that three-week submission rate of ninety percent, and and you know that there is a good conception rate on those services.
1: Yeah, Emma Louise. So I guess you know in terms of achieving high submission rates, one of the biggest helps to achieving that, first of all, is having a high um, six-week calving rate because we know that the longer that cows are, have calved, um, the the higher their fertility performance is going to be. So you know, there within every herd, there are going to be some problem cows um, that need to be identified. So these are typically cows that um, are not cycling. And so if they're not cycling, they're not going to be submitted during the breeding season. And the other group of cows then are cows that have um, a uterine disease, such as metritis or endometritis and cows with with a uterine disease have poor conception rates. So in terms of identifying cows that are non-cycling, we, the recommendation would be, you know, we're, we're you know, three and a half, four weeks out from breeding now, is to apply uh, tail paint to and monitor heats um, over the next few weeks. Um, and then after three, three weeks, you should have identified all of the cows that are not cycling um, leading up to the breeding season. So the options for those cows then are to, um, if they are 30 days calved, to put them on a a synchronization protocol. So uh, for for timed AI, which will begin approximately 10 days before mating start date. And with these types of protocols, because they're timed AI, we can ensure that all of the cows that go on these protocols are submitted for AI by mating start date. Um, In terms of cows that um, may be dirty, um, uh, what I mean by that is having a a uterine disease um, from carrying over from calving. We're talking about um, metric checking them being the best option um, over the next couple of weeks um, to identify these cows. Um, from, from work that we have done in recent years when we metri-check cows, you know, anywhere from about uh, 30 days before calving, or sorry, 30 days before mating start date, um, we're looking at about 20% of the, the herd um, having some level of uterine infection. Um, the option for these cows then would be um, an intrauterine antibiotic. Um, Cows that that do receive an intrauterine antibiotic um, will have uh, improved conception rates.
0: Looking to the options that you've mentioned, Stephen, um, you know, there are some people that are resistant to that pre-breeding tail painting, you know, say that three and a half, four weeks out, in that they say it's quite labor intensive. Like, what's your recommendation there? You tail paint the the cows that are calved and you're keeping an eye on tail paint. Like, how regularly would you um, take note of cows that are in heat or... Or are you just looking at cows that still have tail paint leading up to the uh, breeding season?
1: Yeah, for sure, I Emma-Louise, mean, it, it is a bit of extra work before the breeding season has ever started. But I think that if if cow, once the tail paint is applied, um, it would be recommended to check them at once once a week. And, you know, they, they don't need to be checked every day for sure. But, but once, once a week will... We'll, will be enough to uh, identify when the the the, pale, the the tail paint has been removed from from the cows that are
0: cycling and looking then to the metric uh, metric checking um, for that are you looking at the whole herd or are you just looking at cows that you suspect to have some sort of a uterine disease
1: yeah i, I mean it's it really i guess it depends on, on 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 the on the farm but the we do know that cows that have had, had a def- difficult calving, that have had milk fever, ketosis, those are the cows that are most likely to have a uterine inf- infection but, uh, before breeding. But there will still be another group of cows that you may not s- have suspected of being having an issue. But they would, um, they, they, they are, there are going to be some cows that would still have um, uterine infection
0: and and then looking to the practice of scanning and there are some farmers who in the week leading up to breeding will scan their whole herd is is that something that you would recommend and and i guess a comment on does that replace things like the the heat detection using the tail paint and, and checking in once a week on that or the metry check uh, procedure
1: no, certainly. Uh, I think that a pre breeding ultrasound is a very good alternative to doing a, the pre breeding heat checks uh, or the, the or metric checking. Um, certainly, I would think that um, one option is for the, the use of the tail painting and the metric checking to identify those problem cows that then can be uh, examined uh, by the vet that would will, will, will need treatment.
0: So like a combination of all three can be quite useful on farms where you're you're keeping good records. Looking then to, I suppose, something we talk about every year, Stephen, and it's this idea of low-body condition score cows, and there are a few in every herd. I guess, can you explain why we're seeing low-condition score cows right now on farms and how we could remedy that leading into um, the breeding season? Yeah, well,
1: well Emily. louise Cow, cows do lose body condition score after calving uh, to support uh, the energy requirements for for milk production. And there will be a proportion of the herd of that will be at a body condition score less than two point five leading up to the breeding season. And de- these are what we would be um, the cows that we would deem to have a low body condition score of, of two point five or less. However, leading up to breeding, uh, the ideal body condition score target for these animals is uh, three to 3.25. And, you know, with a herd average of, you know, of about uh, 2.9 at, at mating date. So some of the options for, for, for improving body condition score in, in cows that are 10 um, is, is once a day milking uh, before, uh, before breeding begins. I do think with, with once a day milking that it needs to it, it it takes time to work to to improve body condition score scoring cows, and it, so we're we're talking about ideally putting cows that are thin on once a day milking. You know, really during early spring, um, and at the very latest now will be the time that they that they will be going on once a day milking, because it, as I said, it will take time for them to. Um, increase their body condition score by breeding.
0: And I suppose it would be useful then from that perspective to be looking at condition scoring these cows over the next few days and, and taking that action to give yourself that time and give the cow time to build up that condition. Stephen, from the perspective of minerals that, you know, there's lots of conversation around, you know, the appropriate minerals for breeding. And there are some particular nuts that um, the the various co-ops would recommend um, at this time. Is there anything in particular that farmers should be including in their concentrate mix or the minerals that they're putting through the water you know in the the coming weeks um to make sure that they're at optimum in cows at mating start date
1: Yeah, so there are probably three main minerals that we would f- focus on it from a, a breeding perspective and they would be uh, copper selenium and iodine and we know that uh, if in, in 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 grass in Ireland, that all of these uh, minerals are naturally deficient and are, are not. There is not enough concentration of these minerals in grass to supply the requirements for for lactating cows, and that is the reason that uh, we would supp- that that minerals are supplemented, whether it be in in concentrates, um, in through the water or through boluses. Um. So I, I think you know. Really, one aspect is to know. But one important aspect, though, is to know what is the situation on on your farm, and the best way to I- identify that is either through a grass mineral analysis, or by identifying some cows in the herd, collecting some blood from them, and getting it tested for for to to get an idea of the overall herd uh, mineral status.
0: And then if we focus our attention, Stephen, to heifers and, you know, I suppose good submission submission rate and conception rate in the replacement heifers can have a huge impact and a a benefit in terms of overall um, fertility in the herd. Um, A lot of farmers now are looking to Tighten the number of days it takes to service all cow or all heifers in terms of um, using maybe a synchronization protocol and and get that first service in. Can you give us a recommendation of a synchronization protocol that is appropriate for heifers?
1: So, I mean, the heifers are obviously the the highest EBI animals in their herd and they they should be targeted for breeding uh, dairy replacements from using high EBI. Uh, sires. Um, they are also the most fertile animals in the herd and they, they uh, generating the majority of the replacements from, from, from the heifers is a key step towards maximizing the rate of genetic gain in the herd. In terms of the, the synchronization protocols that, that are available f- for heifers, the, there, there are a couple of options some farmers would prefer to breed off of natural heats uh, for maybe first week after after first week of the breeding season and then any heifers that have not been inseminated during the first week of the breeding season can be administered a an injection of prostaglandin and this 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 will bring cows that are sorry heifers that are are cycling um, into heat within the next within two to five days for for ai now, when, when relying on this approach, as I mentioned, the, the heifers must must be cycling, and it still does require uh, heat detection in this protocol. Any of the heifers then that did not uh, co- come into heat um, after the first, you know, ten days of the breeding season, um, they would there would be maybe less than ten percent of them will require a second injection of prostaglandin eleven days after after the first injection of prostaglandin. And, you know, with this approach that, you know, the vast majority of heifers will be bred during the first 10 days. And all of the heifers, assuming that they're all cycling, should be bred within in the first three weeks. I guess the other option then that is becoming more um, commonly used is to set the heifers up on a timed AI protocol. And the advantage of this is that no heat detection is, is required. However, it does involve some, the, the, the labor involved in implementing the protocol is greater than, than, than some other approaches. But the, the, basically it's, a, it's an eight day protocol for heifers that involves um, the insertion of a progesterone device eight days before mating started and an injection of GnRH. And then three days before uh, AI and two days before AI, each heifer needs to get two injections of prostaglandin. And then two days before AI, the progesterone device needs to be removed. And then on the day of AI, the heifer should be in heat and they're inseminated. And when they're inseminated, they should also get another injection of GnRH. So those would be the two main options for for synchronizing heifers, Emma Louise.
0: And essentially, I guess what you're doing there, as you say, um, the first option, you're breeding to natural heat for uh, a week and then you're going in with your um, synchronization protocol in order to capture any of the heifers that haven't been reached. With the fixed time AI, a lot of the work is done ahead of mating start date. And then what, what you're essentially doing is you're um, inseminating them all on the one day. Um c- can you make a comment, Stephen, on the cost of those two um, synchronization protocols, and also, I suppose, is there any difference in conception rates across the the two protocols?
1: Yeah, in in terms of co- cost, emma Louise, the the prostaglandin option, which was the first protocol, is going to be a, a cheaper option. Each shot of prostaglandin is going to be a few euro. The, the I guess the at the the other end of that then is the the time DI protocol which is really is going to cost anywhere from probably 30 35 to 40 euro it uh, de- usually depends on on the number of, of animals that are that are going to be enrolled uh, in terms of the, the conception rates you know with, with heifers um, with conventional semen we're, we're, we're looking at conception rates to to of of 70 of, percent of, of and with with sex semen we're looking at conception rates and heifers of about 60 percent
0: and then if we think about um looking at the actual breeding season and, and once we start uh, serving cows, I guess there's a little bit of conversation um, in recent times and um, you know, there has been the introduction of the sex semen conversation and that might confuse people a little bit as to the optimum time to serve cows. Um, So, if you could give us a comment, Stephen, on an optimal time to inseminate cows um, once you have uh, observed them in heat and maybe, you know, taking into consideration, there may be some farms that are inseminating once a day and some twice a day.
1: Yeah, well, well when, when, when cows are in heat, um, they on average they are in heat for about nine hours. However, we know that about 55 percent of cows will actually be in heat for, for eight hours or less. And you know that follow, kind of feeds into our recommendation for for heat checking cows at least three times per day during the breeding season. In terms of the the optimal time to, to AI, I think when when we're when conventional semen is being used, we're talking about eight to twelve hours from the onset of the starting heat. We know we do know from that when sex semen is being used however that it needs the insemination needs to occur closer to the time of ovulation and the recommendation when sex semen is being used is to ai 14 to 20 hours after the onset of of the standing heat in terms of farms that are you know either using once it once a day ai or twice a day a day ai and Uh, and, you know, want to use some, some sex semen, Um, it, 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 the, I guess, twice a day option does give more flexibility, okay, in terms of identifying when the cows have started to come in heat and then identifying when is the the best time. So cows that have come into heat the evening before, they would be suitable for, for a sex semen straw that morning, the following morning, uh, and you, but however, if if once a day AI is practiced, then those cows should really get a conventional um, straw. If the twice a day AI is used and a cow is coming to heat that morning, then the AI with sex semen can be can be done during the evening time. So there, for sure, there is a bit more flexibility on the use of sex semen when when twice a day AI is being used.
0: And I think Stephen, we we've had a good conversation now in relation to I guess what exactly, what what exactly is happening and and maybe should happen on farms in the coming weeks. Um, but if we take um, I guess a, a different slant on fertility performance in the herd, um, you know, there's evidence throughout the conversation we've had that management of cows at this time of year has a huge impact on fertility performance and and hitting the submission rate and the conception rate that we've spoken about. But outside of this um, management, um, you know, how important is genetics and how important does, you know, the fertility that you have bred into cows, how important a factor is that in terms of, you know, cows getting, you know, returning, getting back in calf?
1: Yes. So we know from lots of work that we've done here in Park that a high fertility subindex, is a key driver of high reproductive performance, and we can see that nationally as well with the increasing sub index of in the national herd for, for, for fertility sub index in the national herd, and the improvements in fertility that have been seen uh, for, that we know from the national herd data. Um, you know, f- from the work that we have done, we know that cows with a high fertility sub index they have higher body condition score at calving and they maintain that body condition score right up until breeding and drought lactation. Cows with a high fertility subindex, they also like they have less endometritis. They start cycling earlier. Um, When they're in heat, they show stronger heats. And in terms of conception rates, they have higher conception rates. So, you know, the fertility subindex is a key driver towards improving herd reproductive performance. And in terms of you know bull selection ahead of the breeding season, the recommendation is to for the fertility sub index is to have a team average of 120 euro, and all bulls should be greater have a fertility sub index greater than than 80 euro.
0: And I think it's it's a really interesting point you make, Stephen. That you know you you've observed it in the research environment, but now it is there's very strong evidence to support that you know, across dairy farms in Ireland. Um, I think this has been a really insightful conversation and it has focused our minds as to the direction we're heading and what we need to be doing um, over the next number of weeks in terms of, you know, looking at... uh, body condition score in cows and reacting to that and and you know putting in some effort in the pre-breeding heat detection uh, you know in combination with other things like the metri check and the the pre-breeding scan to make sure that cows are ready um, and cycling ahead of mating start date um, to optimize the three week submission rate and our conception rate to first service thank you Stephen thanks Emma Louise that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast And my thanks to Stephen Moore for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.